Good morning, Evident Church. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. Um, I am Pastor Jason. I get the opportunity to serve with Youth for Christ East Michigan, uh, which means 16 schools here in Macomb County. I'm the Macomb director, if you don't know me. And um, I call this church, uh, I do call this church, I mean, home. It's home. Welcome. I love the signs. It's awesome. Before we begin, you better get your seatbelts ready because I got to do this once. And I was talking with the team in the back. I said, I missed four pages of notes because this is such a great topic. Um, I want to invite Pastor Josh up. So, P. Josh, come on up. And um, y'all can do better than that. Come on. You had extra sleep. We good. Um, some of you may not know, but um, you, Evident Church has, has really served Youth for Christ East Michigan financially and supporting us as, uh, with the Haiti team and local missionaries. Um, and Pastor Josh realizes it's a both and, both locally and globally. And uh, this past March, we were set to present Evident Church uh, with this plaque, which is a Kevin Collins Award. So I'm going to give it to him now. Awesome. Um, and this is just to honor um, in support of Youth for Christ East Michigan. Um, you know, we're not about plaques and about honors, but it, it is, an, we are about honors. It is honoring um, Evident Church for your financial sacrifice, for your prayers, for all of our schools in East Michigan. And I just want to thank you personally, Pastor Josh, because you're the man. Amen. It's on behalf of the church. Amen. Amen. Give it up. Awesome. All right. Well, I hope you got your seats buckled in because we're about to go there. If you're at home, welcome. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. And, um, you know, it's so awesome uh, when you're in a time of worship and you're just able to just focus on God and how great he is, isn't it? And um, I, I just, I got to confess, this, uh, this sermon series has been near and dear to my heart. I was sharing it with P. Josh as we um, talked a little bit this morning. And um, I, he has been the voice in my head for the last two weeks. So even hearing him talk just now, and I, some of you are like, what does that mean? That means I've been listening to our pastor a lot. And why? Because this sermon, I want you to walk out of here like, okay, I know what it means to be serious about the topic of hell. Some of you are like, whoa, I didn't bargain for that. Well, you're here, so bear with us, okay? Now, I, I want to take you back two weeks. This is week three of the series. And I, I, as I've listened to Pastor Josh, um, I've probably followed every sermon illustration he's used from the anniversary of his parents that he talked about last week to uh, actually going to Meyer or Walmart and the lady with the clicker. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, if you don't know this, you need to go back and watch the series. But basically, in jest, he said, you know what? When you go into Walmart, just kind of go in and out and see how many times the lady with the clicker counts you. Well, I'm telling you, Evident Church at home in the overflow room, you heard this. Because when I went to Walmart, there, when I walked in, I, I tried to do it. You know, I'm being kind of funny. I'm like, duh, 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 duh. And the lady said, stop. There have been three or four people that have come before you. So we know what you're doing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So those of you at home or in the overflow room or here this morning, you beat, it, you beat me to the punch. But I want to look at week one. We talked about forgiveness. And in fact, Pastor Josh used this term that really settled on my soul. He referred to hell as a beautiful doctrine. Isn't that interesting? I, when he said that, I was just like, wow, that's an interesting use of terminology. He talked about overflowing grace and spiritual discernment and what that means. Week two, if hell is will, real, why am I afraid to admit it? I kind of look at both week one and two. Um, you guys know I like cartoons and comic books. So remember Wile E. Coyote, right? Roadrunner. And if you don't know it, Google it later. You'll be all right. But basically, Wile E. Coyote wanted to, to, to feast on this little bird called the Roadrunner, right? 
So throughout Looney Tunes, he would chase the Roadrunner around. And if you remember last week's example about being at the edge of a cliff, at some point, if you watched those cartoons enough, you knew what was going to happen. He was going over the cliff, and he would probably hold a little sign that said thus and so, right? And that's what I think when it, when it talk, comes to talking about hell, we've got to remind ourselves that we have God's grace to rely on. We'll get to that in a minute. Every human being has a soul. Matthew 10, 28, Pastor Josh quoted it. Don't be afraid to kill the body. This, it's going to waste away. But our soul. G, G, I'm gonna, I knew I was going to mess this up second service. G.K. Chesterton. Give it a hand. That was good. That took me a minute. Hell is the greatest compliment he has ever paid to the dignity of human freedom. Hell is the greatest compliment God has ever paid. And that, that's one that I wrote down. I'm keeping close to me. It's, it's interesting as we focus on this. Now, I want to show you a sign. You guys all know it because it says it, right? Warning sign. Warning. You, some of you might remember, that, what was the show? Oh, my gosh, with the warning. Danger, Will Robinson. Lost in space. That was my, yeah, I couldn't even remember the name of it, but I love the show. And I remember watching, like, lost in, warning. And if anything about this series should sound an alarm in you, it's that we are warned. We are warned to not be distracted. We need to be, as Pastor Joshua said, week one and week two, we need to be fired up about the doctrine of hell. Say amen at home. Say amen. Put it in the comments. Look, I'm going to say it again. We need to be fired up about the doctrine of hell. Amen. Some of you are like, what in the world does that mean? We're going to unpack that. When we say fire it up, not only do we need to admit it and acknowledge it, but we also need to get serious about it. This morning's big idea, if you want to write this down, God's wrath is real, as is his grace. They are connected. I'm going to say it again. God's wrath is real, as is his grace. They are connected. So you want some biblical examples? I'm so glad you asked. Let's go to the Old Testament, shall we? Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? True example. A little bit further. Exodus 15, 7, the defeat of the Egyptians. I bet the Egyptian army wasn't sitting around saying, I just love God's wrath. Give us some more plagues, God. We're not going to let your people go. Could you imagine? Could you, I, I'm doing it in Yule Brenner. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I will not let your people go. That's how he said it, Ten Commandments, old movie. Stay with me. So Romans chapter 3, verses 25 through 27, or 26, I'm sorry, two verses. I want to read, and if you got your Bibles, go on and open up. If you got them at home, open up. And I'm going to tell you guys, you might want to um, put your seatbelts on because it's going to take you on the journey this morning. Whether you're here, you're at home, you're in an overflow room, let's, let's get some notes down because I really think this series, week three, is going to be powerful as we get serious about God. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. Verse 26. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. To be just and the one who justifies those that have faith in Jesus. One thing I want you to do if you want to open up, we're going to also be 1 Corinthians chapter 
9, verses 19 through 23. We'll be there in just a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. I'm going to give you four points this morning. The four ingredients for us to be serious. Four ingredients for us to be serious about hell. First one, and you can write it down. Essential ingredient is this. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ to, it assures us we have a way out. Write that down at home. Write that down here. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ assures us we have a way out. A couple of key words in verse 25 and 26. We, Paul is writing to the Roman church. Let me not forget this. That when we are saved, when we remind ourselves of the sacrifice that Jesus made, it is presented to us. Right? Jesus was presented to us as a babe in a manger. Jesus was presented to us as a suffering servant who died on the cross and is coming back for our sins. Now, I can liken that to my own five-year-old when he was first presented to me, when he was first born. And I got to tell you, first time, Dad, I took all the parenting classes. I even took that, the purated meal class because I thought that was what we were going to do until that got hard. But, you know, whatever. Right? I took all the classes. We were in the first week of a three-week class, of birthing class, and the lady looked at my wife and said, oh, yeah, you're going to have the baby before the next class. And I'm like, no, we got two more classes. We don't know how to breathe. She said, you'll be okay. When my child was presented to me, I told the doctor, I said, yes, you know, as we were meeting with him, I want to be right there. Got my, my, my son's coming in the world. I'm going to catch him. I'm, a, I'm right there. I, I just, you know, my wife had other things to do, so I was going to take that upon myself. It's the least I could do, so I'm going to catch my son, right? The doctor knew more, right? Because as I was like this, waiting for my son to come, I could feel the doctor's hands coming under my, it's one of the most beautiful moments, coming under mine. So when Jackson was born, I, I was steady. Does that make sense? In the same way, when it comes to the seriousness of hell, when we're talking about the wrath of God, we got to remind ourselves that God is just like that. As we're trying to wrap our mind around this, he's coming right under us and holding our hands steady. And what better example to have in 2020? What better example to have to say, God's right there, even when you're feeling like this and you don't know what's going on in the world and you don't know how to deal with stuff, he's coming right under your hand. And when my son was presented to me, I think back and I remember that moment. At the time, I was just in awe that this little life was in this world. And I got the hold of him. Now he's running all over the place. But at that moment, I had that moment with him. Presented is one word we see. Second word we see is demonstrated. Demonstrated. What does it mean to be demonstrated? Well, that means grace. God demonstrated his great love for us by his grace. His dying on the cross. I want to set this up because if we're going to talk about the seriousness of hell, we, again, grace is right there with it. You follow what I'm saying? So if you're sitting here this morning like, wow, this is pretty deep. We're talking about hell and what, what Paul's saying about hell to the Corinthian church and the Roman church. If you're sitting home and thinking that, let me tell you something. Grace goes right in hand. Does that make sense? Justify. We are called to be servants, and this is what we must do. Pastor Josh said it last week. God's wrath is payback. Hell is payback. Hell is absence from God. Think about that for a second. Hell, God, and you, know, you said it week one. People ask, well, why would a loving God condemn people to hell? Let's talk about that for a second. Let's unpack that. Because the person who says, I don't want God, the atheists are going to say, I don't want God. What you're saying is, I don't want anything to do with God. So basically, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it down, God is saying, 
you can have absence from God. He's not condemning. Again, it's the payback, the wrath of God. God warned, he's, he gives us warnings all the time. We talked about that week one. God warned the Egyptian army and said, listen, let my people go. He sent Moses, he sent Aaron, there were all these plagues. And finally, finally, Pharaoh got it. And he let them go, but not even that. Then he chased them down. He said, okay, well, yeah, we had the place, we had all this misery, but I just can't get my will out of the way. But what we remind ourselves is that when it comes to God and we focus on his sacrifice, that grace, that grace covers a multitude of sin. In fact, Scripture tells us he looks as far as from east to the west. That's how he throws them. Think about that for a second. That we are not dominated by sin. That it is not the thing that can, can, can just... Uh, Take advantage of us because we have God's grace. Romans 12, 1 and 2. We do not conform to the likeness of this world. We do not conform to the likeness of this world. I got to confess, if we were to take 2020 and, man, if you could go back and tell me on New Year's Eve 2020 what we were going to be dealing with. I read comic books, y'all. You can't write this stuff. Am I right? And, and literally, um, throughout the last several months, it's been... Just cathartic, so to speak. I think the last time I was with you, I was online, and, and, and I got to preach. And I, I love seeing people, so we might be on all day, just so, just so you know. Don't make no lunch plans, because I got to talk. I'm joking. I'm joking. Some of you are like, I got lunch. No, it's okay. But think about this. Think about this. Not only do we focus on the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but the second point, you can write this down. A healthy dose of fear and respect when it comes to God, when it comes to the seriousness of hell. Think about that. Now, when I say healthy dose, I'm not talking about fear like, oh, my gosh, God is going to leave me because Scripture says he will never leave nor forsake you. Right? We trust in that. But the respect of God and the fear of, fear of God, that healthy fear of God, that's missing in our culture right now. I can't figure out COVID-19. Can anybody else? Good. Nobody raised their hand if you were at home and did it. Shame on you. You didn't. No. I can't figure it out, but I tell you who I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust him. And just like my son, when he's in unfamiliar territory, you know what he does? He runs up and grabs my hand. That's what we need to be doing, church. So we've had COVID in 2020, right? But we had some other issues going on in 2020, and I'm glad you asked because I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Think about this. We've had a lot of anger and a lot of hate. And it's been interesting because in settings that I've been in due to, um, I don't know, my skin color maybe, people, everybody wants to hear what I'm going to say. Like, I, I, I had a little fun with it. I'd be in a restaurant talking to people, and the minute the topic comes up, people at other tables, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm not the expert, so I don't speak as the expert. I consult the Word of God, right? And if I'm not mistaken, in the book of Revelation, you know what it says? Every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be gathered before our great God. And I got to confess to you, this, this hits personally, not just because of the color of my skin, but my little boy, who's biracial. He's half Polish and half black, and I want the best of both worlds for him. I want pierogies all, all, all day long. <laughs> but, but, but think about that. For, and it's not to minimize what's going on, because there's anger. I thought on the drive here, this was in my notes, and I didn't say it first service. I thought on the drive here, I said, I bet there are a few people that I ever meet that have actually been pulled over by four different policemen four times in one night. I, I kind of forgot that actually happened to me. I was like, I was on my way to a Christian concert and actually got pulled over four times. 
I was driving a very nice car, you know, and I know why I was, and I remember after the fourth time, I, I told one of my friends, you got to drive. I, I can't. I'm done. <laughs> no, I could rest in that anger, and I could rest in that frustration. You got to acknowledge it. But we move forward in the love of God. And I know for some of you at home and some of you sitting here, there's an awkwardness of having this conversation. But the more we have the conversation, the less awkward it is. And that doesn't, oh, I got to say this, God's got it. That doesn't lay blame. We acknowledge it and we move forward. Does that make sense? We acknowledge the pain and we move forward. We acknowledge the seriousness of hell and we move forward. That's healthy fear and healthy respect because he is God and I am not. We're going to try a little exercise. Y'all ready? I know you, you guys at 11 o'clock, y'all done had more sleep, so you're good. I want you to say it at home. I want you to say it in the overflow room. I'm going to say it, and then you say it. He is God, and I am not. Let's say it together. He is God, and I am not. Try it again right after me. He is God, and I am not. Man, doesn't that feel good? So, so here's the thing. This is where the test comes in. When, when you forget your mask running into the store and got to run out to the car because you get kind of upset because somebody looked at you the wrong way, he is God and I am not. When somebody, as Pastor Josh talked about traffic a lot, a lot in the last couple of weeks, when somebody strolls right past you in the car speeding and you're looking at them, but then you drive past them when they get pulled over, you can say it then too, he is God and I am not. You might want to say that one with a smile, I don't know. <laughs> But it's about the gospel and reminding ourselves. You see, as Paul is writing here, he wants us to realize, you know what? We serve a great God who needs to be healthily feared and respected. That's honor. And there's not a lot of that. There's a lot, there was this, these T-shirts, and I think they've kind of faded away, and I'm hoping not by me saying this, they won't come back. Remember those T-shirts, Jesus is my homeboy? I mean, I get, you're trying to be kind of funny. But uh-uh. No, no, Jesus is my Savior. I like that one better. He ain't my home. Oh, there's Jesus in my home. Because the problem with a homeboy, you can fall out with a homeboy, right? I don't want to fall out with Jesus. Anybody? No, nobody wants to fall out with Jesus because he loves us. He wants a relationship with us. He gives us grace. Oh, I'm getting kind of fired up. I got to catch myself. Hold on. Sacrifice assures a way out. A healthy dose of fear and respect. The freedom of fear and respect is something that we need to be communicating. Next two points, and I promise we'll be done in just a second. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. We're going to pick this one apart. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. He's giving you a mouthful here, y'all. So as to win those under the law, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Verse 23, I got this one highlighted. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Third point is this. We need a sense of urgency when it comes to hell. We need a sense of urgency. Now, this is what I don't want you to get from this verse, because you might be thinking, Paul is saying, he's saying it like he's trying to be like everybody wants him to be. And that's not what he's saying there. 
He's saying, I am willing to do whatever it takes short of sin to reach people to the life-changing touch of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? I was a Pharisee, but if I don't need to act like a Pharisee, I'm not. I'm a Jew, but I'm reaching the Gentiles. You follow what I'm saying? He's not saying, I got to be this one for this one. I got to act like this. He's not saying that. He realized that with the love of God, and you can write this down, we are insulated, never isolated. Follow it? We are insulated with the love of God, not isolated from him. Does that make sense? Now, you may, it, what's been interesting about quarantine is there were moments, I don't know about you, if you're honest with yourself, you felt isolated, right? It's only so much you can watch on TV. It's like, oh my gosh, if I watch Jeopardy more, one more time, I still don't know the answers. Why am I watching it? That was me. And, and as an extrovert, I'm like, I want to talk to people. And I, 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 we, we, went, uh, we went on a trip to Tennessee to visit some of my wife's family. It was so funny because uh, in Tennessee, their, their restaurants opened. Well, actually, they, they faced it a little later than we did. But um, the restaurants were closed here. And oh my gosh, we went to a Cracker Barrel. Let me tell you something. It was the best experience of my life. It wasn't the food. I just wanted to talk to people. The waitress was coming by. I'm like, we can stay here all day because we need that human interaction. Crash course is happening next week. Have you signed up? You're like, well, I don't know. It's 930. Look, you're 11. You all right? 930. Be here. Sign up. Why? Because you need to stay connected. It's important to stay connected. We have to have the sense of urgency. Paul is saying resist and keep resisting the pattern of this world. I had that personal experience this week on Monday. Literally, um, as many of you know, my job is to supervise 16 schools in Macomb County, M59 to I-69 and Anchor Bay High School all the way over to Rochester. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this. With the situation in our schools, especially in Macomb County, every school system is doing something different. So I'm kind of like, they're going, they're going virtual. They're not going virtual. They're doing this. They're doing that. And God got my heart and said, I got this. I got this. The gospel is still going to go out. In fact, in this time of urgency, I might do something different. And then he showed me. We've been doing some Youth for Christ events, and because Macomb's so vast, we'll go over to Burke Park in uh, New Baltimore or Stony Creek Metro Park, and we just, 12 to 3 o'clock, we just have a hangout time. So this last Thursday, I was at Stony Creek Metro Park. We had 25 students because we got to keep the numbers down because we're outside. And, the, you know, kids were all there. It was awesome. And at one point, one of my adult leaders looked at me and said, Jason, look at the table over there. It blew my mind. 25 students. There were 25 cell phones sitting on this park table. Students were out playing volleyball and basketball. And they came back and took pictures, but nobody was texting or anything else. And then I felt convicted because I was the one that was texting. But God simplified it. And maybe you're sitting there and you say, that sense of urgency about hell, that sense of urgency about God's wrath, I've made it so complicated. Bottom line, he wants us to know him and make him known. It, it, it is simple. We make it harder than it is. And I guarantee you we have an enemy that seeks to devour and destroy us that really makes it hard because he starts throwing things at you, whether it's negative thoughts, whether it's what I'm going to do with my family, whether it's, it's, it's how am I going to manage throughout COVID. Whether, and if you know for some people, this thought process has come up when it's come to that sense of urgency. What's going to happen next? And we can't live in that tension. We can't live in that, well, I, I don't know what is going to happen next. But we have to live with a sense of urgency, just as Paul did, that says, I'm going to do whatever it takes short of sin to get people to the life-changing touch of Jesus Christ. Bottom line, 
I'm going to do whatever it takes. And maybe for some of you, whether you're at home or you're here right now or in the overflow room, maybe for some of you, it's click that little button that says share because somebody needs to hear the last three weeks of this series. Because they're walking around thinking, well, let, let's, just, let's, let's just pick from the Bible what I like. I, I like the love of God, and I do too. I, I like it when God shows up, but I don't know about that wrath stuff. We get around Daniel and Ephesians and Elijah, talking about Elijah. I don't know about that. No, this, is, this, this book is not meant to be pieced apart. This book is meant to be taken as a whole, and as you read it, you see the love of God. We just sang about it a few moment, moments ago. Amazing grace, my chains are gone. Whenever I sing that song, I close my eyes and I have that visual of like chains falling off. That's just how I am. I'm a visual learner. I have chains falling off. That's just an urgency to know that he is God and we are not. You ever, uh, I was that science geek kid and I ended up getting a degree in it before I became a pastor, but microscopes. I was thinking about this between services. I used to always crack those little slides though because I go down too far. Anybody else do that? Oh, you guys are awesome. I thought that was just me. Man, I got, I got to write a book someday. All right. I would, you, you know the dial on the side and you can make things, you can zoom in. I remember looking at slides like there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. Until I zoomed down, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot there. Right? Think about that in terms of our faith. Let us, let us, let people not look at us and say, well, there's nothing there. Go beneath the surface. The problem in 2020 America is we're too surfacey. And if anything, coming through all that we've come through in the, has it only been eight months? Wait a minute. Seven, we've, we've been through seven months of 2020, that's it? I feel like we don't live three years of this. Anybody else? Like, seriously. I, it's weird. I just thought about that. We've got seven full months. Oh, we need to be praying, you know. <laughs> just saying. Bottom line, we come back to it's about the grace of God when it comes to that urgency. We've had battles, but God has won the war. Think about that for a second. We've had defeats, but God has the victory. And when we talk about his wrath, we acknowledge it. It's real. It's real. I see, and you guys probably see more than I see, but I see a lot of memes and, and posts that talk about, well, we took Jesus out of school. I had somebody actually say this. I was at a, a, a county fair yesterday, and they said, um, oh, Jesus isn't allowed in school any, schools anymore. I said, yeah, he is. What makes you think that? Oh, you can't go on school grounds and preach. Now, to the degree maybe we want to, no, but God's on the move. He's on the move. The young man uh, from Anchor Bay High School is going into his senior year this year. And uh, his name's Adam. And I hope he's watching today. I told him about the, pod, or the, the broadcast today, so hopefully he's watching. And he was sitting there, and he, he, him and his mom make these candles. And he's sitting there. So I went over and asked him. I said, you know, how are you doing with everything? He said, you know, um, I'm a little worried, but, you know, I'm, I'm just making it. Kind of. He's wa- running cross country for the school in senior year. And um, I generally, I don't, you know, I just wanted to engage him in conversation. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pull the Jesus card right away, but then God kind of prompted me. And when he prompts you, you got to do it, right? Not that I'm ashamed of it, but you got to have the right time. I said, you know, do you, do you know the Lord is your Savior? And this is what he said. It was so cool. He said, I'm glad you asked. That was a 12th grader. I was like, oh, that's so cool. He said, I'm glad you asked. Yes, I do. I could see the difference. At first, when you see somebody, you may not notice it. Dig a little deeper. Here's the thing about digging deep sometimes. You, your hope is, your prayer is, you find more about Jesus. And you're like, oh, yeah. But what if you find something else? Maybe there's a need there. As Ms. Raylene was saying, the fact that Evident Church could give all these backpacks to, school, to schools, 
Can you imagine in your mind's eye what that's going to do for students who, are, who have been otherwise uncertain with what the school year looks like? Just to have a backpack, there's almost a sense of a bit of security there, a, a bit of, quote-unquote, normalcy. You see, when we live with that sense of urgency, we realize that, that the time is now. Last point, you can write this down. Not only that sense of urgency, but we need to be desperate and reliant on God. Desperate and reliant on him. I, I can remember uh, when I learned about hell. It was so funny. I was 12 years old. This was old school, like, revival time. You remember revivals always in September. Then revival tents. Yeah, down in Detroit. And, and we went to revival, and it was like all weekend. So people who complain about, about two hours said, no, this was all weekend. And then like, you go in the morning, stay for a few hours, then you go home, then you come back for night service, and you have dinner. It was great. I, I've spent most of the time as a little kid sleeping on the back pew, but that was just me. Okay, it's just Jason. And I remember going with my friends to this one revival service, and this pastor was talking about hell, and I'm sitting there like this. Wow. And he was, and, and, and I kind of needed to my friend. I said, I don't want to go there. I mean, very simple. I said, I don't, I, that doesn't sound cool. I don't want to go there. And I remember they gave the call, and they had four or five chairs up front, and the pastor's preaching, and my friend got up to go sit down. So I said, well, okay, I'll go sit down too because I don't want to go to hell, right? So I went and sat down, and, and people are cheering and clapping and jumping up and down. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool, until he brought out the microphone. So he goes to a couple of people, and there was my friend. So he goes to a couple of people, and he's asking, you know, why would you come forward, and what's God doing in your life? And he gets to my friend, and my friend gave, like, you know, an A.W. Tozer, Billy Graham kind of answer. He was like, and the Lord, and I'm sitting there like, who is this? Like, and I'm like, okay, wh what do I say? And so he gets to me, and I said, well, <laughs> Paul, there had to be like a 30-second pause. You talked about hell. I don't want to go there, and I love Jesus. And then everybody clapped. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was in that moment that, that, you know, innocently enough, I realized that I want Jesus. Now, there were some years of wandering and all that, but I can remember that pivotal moment. And maybe this morning, whether you're at home or here, that moment is right now where you're like, oh, my gosh, hell is real. Don't, don't believe what the world is telling you. Because they want to say it's all, you know, peas and carrots to quote Forrest Gump. It's It's not. We are not meant for this world. We're meant for something else. That's why this, the skin fades away. And God has greater plans for us. Be desperate and reliant on him. Trust him. So that question comes this morning. Are you desperate? Are you trusting him? And that's one that we have to ask each other. I always liken it, like I said earlier, to my little boy who grabs my hand when he's in unfamiliar territory. And 2020 for all of us has been unfamiliar territory. Can we grab God's hand and just squeeze a little bit? And hold on. And I, I tried this because my son was with me at the ferry yesterday. I tried it with him. I was walking, and he grabbed my hand, and then I kind of walked a little faster, tried to take my hand away. That man was grabbing the arm at that point. He said, like, I'm not letting you go, Daddy. So whether it's COVID or whether it's the unrest in the world right now, can we just grab God's hand and hold on? Can we do that? Can we just say, you know what, God, I don't have this all figured out. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to think the next minute, but I'm going to trust you and what you have planned for me. I want to challenge you with one verse. One verse, I don't want you to look it up now. I know there's always one person. I'm going to look it up now because I won't forget. No, put it in your notes on your phone. Nahum, N-A-H-U-M, chapter 1, verse 7. Look it up. It will bless your heart. Look it up sometime this week, whether it's tonight. If you're at home, don't look it up now at home. See, they think they slick because they're at home. No, don't do it now. Do it later. I want, and you will know why it's going to bless your heart. Nahum, 
chapter 1, verse 7. Write it down. Look it up later and allow it to bless your soul. I'm going to invite the worship team up. Here's some next steps. I know that was a lot. That was a lot of content. That was a lot. But again, Paul is saying, let's do everything short of sin because God's wrath is real. Hell is real. We admit it, but we trust that his sacrifice assures a way out. We want to have that healthy fear of respect, the sense of urgency, and of course, being desperate and reliant on him. A couple of takeaways, and I'm, I'm hoping you, you just incorporate this in, in whatever you're doing this week. One, share this series, not for the glory of Evident Church, but for the glory of God, because people need to hear this. Maybe you'll say, oh, well, after the fourth week, I'll share it then. Great, share it. Secondly, have some time in the Word every day. Don't give in to unhealthy fear, but trust and respect the power of God. And lastly, before we pray, hell is real. The wrath of God is real. The love of God is real. The grace of God is real. Are you willing to trust Him? I'm going to pray, and as we worship, whether you're at home or in the overflow room or right here with us this morning, let's unite as one family in worship. So if you're at home, that means put your coffee down. Maybe stand up, sit there, close your eyes, and just reflect and allow God to speak to you. Maybe anxiety and depression and fear have overtaken you. You felt like it's just overwhelming sometimes. Turn off the news. Turn on the Bible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord. Wow. Scripture tells us it's by your wounds that we are healed. And God, I pray that each and every one of my brothers and sisters would know the victory that is in you. That, Lord, that sense of urgency, whether it's in our families, our kids, our prodigal sons and daughters, our parents, that maybe we have fears and we worry for, that, God, you would make it clear, make it clear how we need to reach them, Lord. And just as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, that we would do whatever it takes. We would have that whatever it takes attitude. Not that we belligerently, you know, beat them over the head with the Bible, but that we would be open and respectful, not only of you, but of your word as we share. And we would take a stand. And though it's not popular opinion in, tw in this 2020 world of chaos we live in, though it's not popular opinion, we will stand on the word of God, no matter what. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Your word tells us that, Lord. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you that you hold our hand through the storms of life. Help us, Lord, because in and of ourselves, we cannot do it. But in you and through you, you give us the power to do it. In your name we pray. And God's people said, amen.